Well, USC comes into this season as the favorites to win the Pac-12, and they're getting better. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights free and beloved conference of champions. Like, comment, subscribe, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show. I've got Mark Colkin here. He's the host of Locked On USC. We'll talk about how USC is getting better. We'll talk about the spring game, all this sort of stuff. Mark, how are things over there in Big Ten country? Yeah, um, it doesn't feel like we can ever really get away from the Pac-12. I don't know if you've heard. They're actually hiring the best of the Pac-12's referees to come over to the Big Ten. Mm. I, I've never thought mm. I would hear this word. <laughs> Best of Pac-12 referees in the same sentence. Well, you know, best of does not equate to best in the country or close to it. I I think we can agree on that. Um, the the best of boy, that's that that that's enough to put the conference realignment move on hold. If the USC brings Pac-12 refs with them, I think Big Ten presidents need to say, "Nope, shut it down, shut it down." Shut it down. Okay, so USC, they're the betting favorite by a pretty sizable amount to win the Pac-12 in their swan song campaign here in our beloved Conference of Champions. And and Mark, right now, Lincoln Riley and, and the rest of that USC coaching staff, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, of course, they are getting better with two notable uh, additions. So let, let's start with Bear Alexander, the Georgia defensive line transfer. How does he fit in and how does he help USC? Well. Let's actually just start back one more player, and you can go to Anthony Lucas before Bear Alexander. So oh, yeah. those are two guys that have immediately bolstered USC's defensive line. But to your question specifically about Bear Alexander, um, number one, USC now actually has someone with national championship game experience on their roster. And even though he was only a freshman, he had a sack, he had a couple TFLs in the game. And he was being counted on this year to be part of, you know, a major part of Georgia's rotation on defense. And if you can make that claim, you're probably a pretty good player. And USC had a ginormous hole on defense. Specifically, it was spelled defense. <laughs> so um, if you can bring the, a player, players of the caliber of an Anthony Lucas, and then follow that up with a Bear Alexander, you're now all of a sudden putting on putting SEC caliber players that everybody loves to you know slobber all over. All of a sudden, they are now on USC's front line. So yeah, you can understand why SC is now the prohibitive betting favorite going forward. Yeah, they have they, the offense. yeah. Oh yeah. No, there's no there's no questions about the offense. Even when you lose Jordan Addison and Travis Dye, you've got Austin Jones back. You've got like you've you have Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. There's nothing there's nothing else you actually really need. You'd probably like to have some good receivers. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go out way out on a limb here and say USC has got a few receivers even after losing Jordan Addison. Am I correct in assuming that, Mark? I think if they move a chair around here or there, they might you might see a couple scurrying around. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think you could. I think you could find a, a couple of guys who could who could work. Uh, you yeah, know, but said, Travis Dye moves on. Marshawn Lloyd moves in. It's just it's, right. It's, just just I, revolving door. It's it's always portal season in in Los Angeles. It's kind of like that for uh, for for UCLA as well. They are they're very big in the portal. They don't make as much noise as USC, but UCLA is also a very portal heavy team. Like they recruit, eh, like it's. It's okay, but they, you know, Chip doesn't love to recruit. They're second fiddle in Los Angeles anyway, so they they, they hit the portal and they do so uh, very successfully. I would like to reclaim thirty seconds that we just wasted on UCLA. <laughs> Mark just not have not having it, not having it. Okay, so uh, Bear Alexander and I, I already forgot the name of the other guy somehow, but that's why we bring you on. Um, are you talking defense still, or are we talking De- about defense? Defense. Anthony Lucas. Anthony Anthony Lucas. So just for people who don't know, you know, Bear Alexander comes over from Georgia, where he was pretty highly sought after, big time four star recruit in the class of twenty twenty two. Had two sacks in the national championship game. He is a guy who probably slides in and starts right away. And he he had a number of other schools after him. I know Oregon was after him. There were other big time schools. He was a very highly coveted transfer. He's got two years of eligibility left mm-hmm. as well, which is certainly an upside for the Trojans as they move into the Big Ten, where you, you know you got some big beefy boys out there in uh, in Iowa that that you got to be able to to block up front and and compete with. What does Anthony Lucas bring to to the defense that that you think helps USC's uh, defensive unit improve under Alex Grinch in year two? So he is. And these aren't just my words. These these are his teammates that are they're making these claims. He is like what they call an athletic freak. He's doing things that you know people his size should not be able to do as easily as he does. And what position does he play? Uh, he's a defensive end. Yeah. They're going to use him at a rush, and they might even slide him inside of that three spot. Three he's kind of he's kind of like that prototypical modern edge player, right? Yeah, I like to compare him to um, USC. Had a player by the name of Leonard Williams, Leonard Big Cat Williams. Oh God, he was good. Yeah, well, that's the type of potential that Anthony Lucas has. Yeah that that's that's a big time comparison, Mark. Because I I remember Leonard Williams very well. There was one play in particular. I forget, I forget which year it was, but USC was playing Oregon and Williams and, you know, Oregon's always had mobile quarterbacks and he rushed up the middle and who, I forget which Oregon quarterback it was even, it might've been Mariota, it was somebody, but they were all, but they were all really athletic and he started to go outside and break contain and Leonard Williams just chased him down to the sideline and like cut off the angle. And I remember watching that with my brother and we turned to each other and went, what just happened? Who, Who like, who, who is that guy? He's turned into, of course, a, a very good player. But before we get into uh, the spring game and, and, and takeaways there, let's, let's go to the offensive transfer that they've added. An offensive guard coming from uh, Wyoming, Emmanuel Pregnon, a guy who had several other Pac-12 offers uh, in, in the mix there. What do you think he brings to, to the offensive line? Uh, well, first of all, he's going to block out the sun. He's six foot six, 320 pounds. Oof. Uh, yeah, and he's got arms that go on forever. And so to me, I just described your prototypical offensive tackle, but he plays in a phone booth. He's an interior lineman. That's all he's played at Wyoming. Uh, he played right guard over 600 snaps. And if that's his position at USC, great. Um, he was considered the best overall offensive line prospect in the transfer portal. So 
you got the number one overall prospect in Barrel Alexander. You get the number two prospect now on the other side of the ball in Emmanuel Pregnant, and he's filling a huge hole uh, that was vacated by number one, Andrew Voorhees, when he went to the NFL. And then more recently, USC was anticipating Ethan White coming over from Florida, uh, another really big interior offensive lineman. He it sounds like he's going to be medically retiring. He's not make he's not going to be enrolling at USC. And then recently, Cortland Ford, offensive tackle, picked up, and he is now a Kentucky Wildcat. So Emmanuel has a he has an immediate role. Uh, he just has to come in and, you know, they have to kind of figure out where he's going to play. Again, USC has been very active in the uh, portal on the offensive line as well. They brought in uh, Jared Kingston from Washington State, as well as Michael Tarquin from Florida, who played right tackle. So, again, a lot going on there. Yeah, and, and I'll ask Mark uh, a couple questions about what it, it kind of if if there's anything to be desired on on these USC lines now that these guys are in play but there's nothing to be desired if you want your gambling fix if you go check out FanDuel because grand slams no hitters and double plays are back there's no better place to get in on the major league baseball action than FanDuel America's number 1 sportsbook that's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no sweat first bet up to $1,000, just go to fanduelcom slash locked on to sign up. Place your first bet. Get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. You can pick Aaron Judge to pick up where he left off with a home run. You could pick him to strike out. You could pick a pitcher to go over strikeouts or under whatever you want. They've got it. Don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduelcom slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel dot com slash locked on to sign up FanDuel official partner of major league baseball. So Mark, I, I presume given the the glowing reviews that these transfers are getting, you know, you got one from Wyoming, you've got one from Texas AM, you've got one from Georgia, just goes to show you talent can come from anywhere and it's very widespread in in the country and now with the portal you just never know where i mean you got two sec transfers and you got a mountain west transfer and it, it seems like all have the potential to make an impact at at usc how much more confident do you feel in the offensive line with pregnant there and then the defensive line with, with with alexander and uh and and lucas there with pregnant let me i'll start with the offensive line with pregnant i immediately my confidence level goes up dramatically uh, it, it's not that I didn't have confidence in the players USC had returning, but there was just a lot of uncertainty uh, trying to figure out who was going to be playing where. For example, um, Jared Kingston played left tackle for Wazoo last year. He's been playing guard at USC, and that's where Josh Henson has him pegged to play. That's USC's offensive line coach. Yep. Michael Tarquin played right tackle pretty much exclusively at Florida. He spent the entire spring playing left tackle at USC. Um, so the, the constants have been Justin Dietrich, who is going to be the starting center. And then you have Jonah Monheim, who can play any one of those five positions on the line. Uh, that's not an exaggeration. He is that good, um, where if you needed somebody to, all right, you're starting here today, he can do that. And you're going to see very little drop off at wherever he's playing. But after that, it was kind of like, all right, we've still got to figure out who are the other three guys besides Justin and, and Jonah? Now you bring in Emmanuel and you say, okay, now I got my pieces in place. I got one guard here. I've got uh, Kingston at the other guard. 
Jonah is probably going to slide out to right tackle. And now you've got Mason Murphy, who was a part-time starter at left tackle last year, who is probably going to be the first guy in line at left tackle. If not him, it's the, it's the transfer from Florida, Michael Tarquin. Again, you just have the right pieces now where you get a lot more versatility. You can kind of figure out who really belongs where. And again, in my opinion, when I look at Pregnant, I know he's never played the position. He looks like a tackle. The question, I think, for a guy that size is, can he move like a tackle? Because edge players, like Anthony right. Lucas, for instance, are are so athletic that you have to be able – I mean, they're so quick and they have such a great first step. You have to be able to keep up with them with your footwork. I would imagine that's kind of the the, the drawback that that they see there. Finally, before we yeah, – yeah, you got one more tackle. No, no, I was going to – I was just going to agree with you. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. So uh, before we get to the spring game on, on the defensive line, where do you feel like th this kind of puts USC's defensive line in the context of, you know, wh where it stacks up against the rest of the Pac-12 schools? And how much better do you think it is now than last year? Uh, it, as far as compared to last year, it's it's head and shoulders. It's not even it's a lot better. I don't know what that quantitative figure is, but it's a lot. Um. Not we. I haven't even mentioned the name Jack Sullivan yet, who also transferred in from Purdue. He was one of the Big Ten's uh, best interior defensive linemen. So it's pretty much going to be a rebuilt defensive line. And one of the surprises, and I know we're going to talk about this in the spring game, but it happened on the defensive line, and his name is Solomon Tuliapupu. People might remember that name when he came out of the modern day. He was considered one of the top linebackers in the country. He has been nothing but plagued by injury since he's been at USC. He's transformed his body. He looks like a legitimate defensive end now. And from everything that I've heard, he has dominated spring camp. So USC might have one of those under-the-radar type of guys as well. Bottom line, Bear Alexander, Jack Sullivan, Anthony uh, Lucas, Keon Bars, who came over from Arizona. Another guy. USC has rebuilt their front four. They have depth, and that was the issue last year. As the season wore on, they wore down, and tackling was really an issue last year. Yeah, it, it was, and the inability to stop the run consistently against Utah, uh, of course, led to the, the two losses uh, against the Utes. They'll get a final crack at them, of course, this year in what should once again be must-see television. Some people feel that way about spring games. Some people don't have any takeaways at all. I, I am very much in the mindset of, man, I break down every single play, every snap. This guy's going to be the greatest player. That guy should be cut next week. I, I get I get way too into it, Mark. But as you watched USC spring game this year, what were your, your biggest takeaways uh, from the annual showcase? Uh, so Caleb Williams is really good. <laughs> he played. Hot like, take. Yeah, hot take. Hot take. <laughs> Big red truck. Yeah. Uh, he played three plays, and he completed both passes. One went for 45 yards, roughly, to Brendan Rice. The other one was a red zone 12-yard strike to Mario Williams for a touchdown. That was what we saw of Caleb Williams. And that's pretty much all you really needed to see of Caleb Williams because you saw, you, you know what you're going to get from Superman. It was just kind of a check-in of for fans of, hey, by the way, this guy's still here. He's healthy. He didn't forget how to throw a football. Right. And then at halftime, um, he 
unveiled his version of the Heisman that will be inside Heritage Hall this year at USC. So, yeah, it was a great day for Caleb Williams. You saw, you you have a really, really, really good idea of who is going to be USC's backup quarterback. Uh, you know, everyone is hot and bothered about Malachi Nelson, the big five-star kid who came in from Los Alamitos. He still is going to take a backseat this year to Miller Moss. So there is Caleb Williams, and then there's everybody else, but at the top of everybody else is Miller Moss. And then after that, we got a glimpse of Marshawn Lloyd, who came over. Um, he got to touch the ball one time. It was a little swing pass, but it was very reminiscent of the Reggie Bush play against Fresno State, where he had that cutback at midfield. It only went mm. for 24 yards. But it gave everybody a, a glimpse of what Marshawn Lloyd is capable of doing. So, again, we spoke about this at the beginning of the show. USC loses a Travis Dye. Boom, here comes a Marshawn Lloyd. And they got a couple of really, really good freshman running backs. Uh, remember these names. Quinton Joyner, Amarian Peterson. You're going to like them a lot. And well, then USC fans might like them a lot. Yeah, Fans of other teams in the Pac-12 might like them less so, depending on what they're doing. Correct. And then the wide receivers, uh, you know, I mentioned Brendan Rice and Mario Williams. If, if Brendan Rice performs the way like he did in the Cotton Bowl, uh, USC is developing their next Hall of Fame wide receiver. He was that good in the Cotton Bowl. Really? But that's why I said if, you know. If, okay. Two letters, right. big if. The thing with Brendan, what we saw last year, is his inconsistency. Um, he makes the hard catch look easy. He makes the easy catch look incredibly hard sometimes. So if he performs like his dad, and that's where I was drawing the, the comparison to the Hall of Famer, USC is, all right, yeah, Jordan Addison, I hope you're enjoying the NFL draft, but USC's got another one right behind you, and they got a bunch of other guys right behind them, including... Another guy the rest of the Pac-12 in the country is probably not going to enjoy having to defend. Mm -hmm. His name is Zachariah Branch. He is the closest thing to USC having a Reggie Bush since USC had Reggie Bush. He is electric. Um, he is a freaky athlete. And oh, by the way, Rayleigh Brown, they're going to be using him in the slot this year. He's a he's a, He was a running back recruit, wasn't he? He's still a running back. Yeah. But he's kind of he's kind of that hybrid gadget guy. Line him up in the slot, bring him in the backfield, jet sweeps, screen passes. That he's he's that sort of player for Lincoln Riley. He's the closest thing to what Oregon had with um, DeAnthony. DeAnthony, thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that got away from USC. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had I had to I had to. It was it was it was just hanging out there. So it, well, it sounds, Mark, like USC is reloaded on on the offensive end with with a huge cadre of weapons, but you, you didn't even mention one guy who transferred to USC this year in, in that lineup of players you're excited about here uh, post spring game. You didn't mention Dorian singer, second team, all pack 12 wide receiver a year ago comes over from Arizona. I'm, I'm curious what, where does he fit into the rotation? You're talking about rice and, really Brown and you've got Mario Williams in there and it just all these names it is is singer going to be a regular wide receiver yes 
Okay. And, and that's and see, that's just what that's rich people problems. Sometimes you forget all of your kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing with Dorian Singer, and we were talking about the spring game. He will be the first one to tell you. In fact, he was asked about the spring game afterwards, and he, he kind of had a no comment type of thing. He had Dorian Singer killed USC last year when he was with Arizona. Yeah, he's really good. He's really good. And he's like the master of one-handed catches. Yes. He had an opportunity to have one of those, again, in the spring game, um, some really good defense. He didn't come up with a catch. The touchdown he thought he had in the spring game um, ended up turning to an interception when he and Jacoby Covington were wrestling for it. Uh, Lincoln Riley had to begrudgingly look at the replay and say, yeah, you know what? That was Jacoby's ball. So Dorian Singer's going to be just fine. He's probably more than likely going to be a starter. But being a starter and being in the game at the end of the game are two different things. Mm -hmm. He's going to play a lot of minutes at USC, to your point. Um, yeah, USC has a – they probably have too many wide receivers, really good ones. And that's what's up to Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams to make sure everybody's happy. And last year they didn't have a problem with it. So I don't think they'll have a problem this year either. Yeah. I mean, I, when, when Brandon, when Brendan Rice transferred in from Colorado last year, I thought, boy, I, I don't know if, you know, he's top of the depth chart there and he, and he wasn't. And I thought he might've been a candidate to, to transfer again this off season when he didn't have that big role. But now it sounds like he's kind of moving into that, you know, at least wide receiver two space. If you assume Mario Williams is, is wide receiver one, would, would you order it that way that Williams is probably wide receiver one and Rice is two and Dorian Singer's in three to four range? Well, if you want to put the, you know, a tag on him, you have the X on one side outside, you have the Z outside on the other yeah. side. And then USC has a slot guy. So um, Brendan's on one side X, you put Dorian at the Z. It, it's, it's really a matter of okay, gotcha. that type of thing. And again, you've got Kyron Hudson. You have his brother playing on your team. He plays wide receiver at USC. We haven't even talked that. We haven't mentioned the name Deuce Robinson, Michael Jackson III. And it just the list goes on and on. A lot of wide receivers. Yeah, Caleb Williams should never have to wear the same pair of underwear twice. <laughs> <laughs> and and by the way, you list off all these names. Not hard to see why Gary Bryant Jr., who's a talented wide receiver is is in the transfer portal as as we re record the show and is kyle not going ford to be on usc what's that and kyle ford ended up at ucla I mean, yep yep exactly you got a, you got a lot of, a lot of talent in there let, let, let's close with, with this mark if you had to identify three players who you felt like maybe had decent standing or not much standing going into the spring game but you came out of it thinking yeah, I think that guy's going to play more than than we previously thought. Who would you pick for for those three candidates? I mentioned one name a little bit a, a few minutes ago, Solo Solomon Tuliapupu, the linebacker. Uh, the, well, now your defensive end. Yeah. De okay. Yeah. Yes. So he is going to play minutes this year. Uh, he he's not going to be a starter, but he will be part of your two deep, and you're not going to see a whole lot of drop off from from your first team to your second team this year. That was the big difference at USC last year on defense. They're legit, they have a legitimate two deep now across the board. Um, it's not so much of a surprise, and I'm probably just going to stay on the defensive side of the ball this whole way, so just get comfortable with that. Um, 
not so much of a surprise, but I needed to see it. Mason Cobb, another defensive transfer, middle linebacker, came over from Oklahoma State. Uh, the guy is big. He's six one. He's just old, really physical. He's really fast. He's twitchy, and his the coaches said he's just someone who was made to play middle linebacker. He's just he's he's part of that mold. He's kind of that old school type, um, but who can play in today's era of you know college college football where they're passing. And then third, I'm going to go with Damani Jackson, cornerback. He a uh, big time prospect out of modern day. Uh, he had knee surgery. He's finally, I wouldn't say he's 100% healthy, but he is, he's pretty darn close. So right now it's just him getting it through his, his mentals that he could play uh, up to his capabilities and not worry about, you know, everything he's gone through to get to this point. He had a really strong spring and uh, he's just going to, he's going to be one of those tall, rangy, uber fast guys that you can't run past. Um, Oregon's had a few uh, really good defensive backs, and Damani Jackson is going to be the next guy in line at USC. So there, there was quite a few guys that caught my attention. Um, I was pretty much focused on defense for a reason. That was the reason why USC did not make the playoffs last year. Yep. This isn't a state secret. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody's hiding hiding the ball on uh, on, on that particular front, but – from from what we've talked about here today, it feels like USC's defense is at least in a better position. And by the way, they don't need to be elite. They no. just need to be. They just need to be competent. You remember last year? For me, the term was they were opportunistic. They yep. led the country in plus minus. I mean, they they knew how to take the ball away. They just didn't know how to tackle consistently. USC gave up twenty nine points per game last year. They scored forty one points per game last year. Here is my goal for the USC defense. Improve by 20%. All I'm asking you to do is give up 25 points per game. If USC can't win by two touch, if a two touchdown differential, including two two point conversions, isn't enough for your defense, there, there, you got to start peeling back the, the, the layers of the onion and say, where's the problem? Yeah, that, that's that's when you start to look at the top and say, okay, defensive staff were we're, we're going to to probably make a change there. Well, you heard it from the man himself, Mark Culkin. He's the host of Locked on USC Monday through Friday on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Vibes appear to be pretty, pretty good for the premier team over there in Los Angeles. Mark, thanks so much. Anytime, Spencer. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time. And until then, have a wonderful rest of your day.